0: Welcome back to episode 13 of Ross Connects. I'm your host, Andrew. And unfortunately, my loyal co host had a date with an ice cream cone, so he had to run. So I will be doing the intro myself this evening. We had the pleasure of catching up with one of our classmates, Miss Catherine Strong, this evening. And she told us the story about her journey um, beginning in Grand Rapids, going to Calvin College, becoming an actuary after spending some time teaching. Um, you know, what's most impressive is the amount of degrees she accumulated along the way, but I won't get into the details. Let's hear it right from her. So here's our interview with Katherine Strong. Hello friends and loyal Ross connects listeners. We are back and better than ever. We have a video component. Uh, to our podcast now, so we might not talk over each other as much as we normally do. Which leads me inter- in, into introducing my best friend in Columbus, Ohio, Mr. Josh Witt.
1: Andrew, thank you for her. thank you for uh, having me on again for another week, and I'm excited for our guest today.
0: It's kind of tough doing the intro, looking at your face as you're laughing at me. Um, that's going to be a new component to the podcast and might be you know, a few more laughs along the way, but let's just get right into it with our guests, Catherine. We have Catherine Strong joining us this evening. Catherine, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us as we try to become podcast moguls.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is actually my very first podcast experience. So I'm pretty new to the world of podcasts. <laughs>
1: You're in good hands.
2: <laughs> I cool. trust you guys.
0: Well, oh, man, that's a tall order. So let's just get right into it. Um, let's talk about you know your background, where you're from. So why don't we start with you know hometown, um, growing up there, and then lead into your undergrad.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Spent my whole life there. Um, I had a fairly uneventful childhood. You know, went to school. I did a few sports. I was on student council in high school. Um, I guess it got a little more interesting later on. I started dual enrolling when I was in high school. So I went to the local college to take classes there. Um, and then after high school, my dream was to not go to college, actually. Um, I wanted to go to Europe and just travel the world and do photojournalism and kind of live that um, millennial life (laughs) style that people are striving for. Um, But my family's a little bit traditional in the way of college and education and things like that. So that wasn't quite an option. Um, I ended up actually just going for undergrad to the school that I had been dual enrolling in during high school. And it was just an easy transition. I'd already been taking classes there. I knew some of the professors. I knew the, um, the program and it seemed to make sense. So I kind of just went straight from high school into a program at um, Calvin College is the university. So still in Grand Rapids and still in my hometown. Um, so it wasn't until partway through college that I was actually able to expand out of my hometown.
1: So what so. did you study while you're at Calvin? What did you focus on?
2: Um, I started as a math and physics major and then got through my sophomore year and realized that I wasn't really a big fan of math and physics. Um, so I tried to change majors, but um my the day that I decided I was going to change majors, one of my physics professors came up to me and said, "Hey, congratulations. You just won a scholarship for physics." And the only contingency was I had to be a physics major to get the scholarship. So, um, so I stayed in physics, and I was almost done with math at that point. And I was like, but I really want to do English. I really want to study language. I really want to travel. Um, I ended up adding English and Spanish majors. And so I finished my undergraduate degree with four different majors.
1: What in the world does that even mean? <laughs> <Basically>, you, <laughs> said all of college, you said I'll have it all.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it took me five years and a few summer classes, Um, but yep, so finished with math, physics, Spanish, and English. Got to spend a semester in Honduras living with the family there for four months, and so overall, it was a, a pretty thorough college experience.
0: I remember hearing that in the back of the van when we were doing the Ragnar, (laughs) And and I had the same reaction, Josh. I I was like, oh my goodness, you must have studied the whole time. But, you know, clearly you were able to, you know, follow your dreams and travel. So what did you do after Calvin College with four majors?
2: (laughs) Um, So after Calvin, I was a little bit torn because, yes, I had four majors, but I felt like they were all very general Um, I didn't feel like any of them led into a very clear career path and I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do with that. Um, So I thought well when I was at Calvin I did tutoring and I was good at tutoring and good at teaching and it maybe makes sense to move into education and then that would be a way for me to bring all of my degrees together um, because as a teacher you can really touch base on all of those different, um, different elements. So I didn't have a teaching degree, um, so I ended up enrolling in a one-year master's program at the University of Michigan, um, got my master's in education, and the year after that, I started teaching at a high school as their head physics instructor, and then they also had me teach a section of geometry and English, so um, so that was my first real career was High school teacher teaching three different subjects. So
0: for those of you keeping track at home, that is five degrees so far, and we haven't even gotten to <laughs> Ross yet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just like school, I guess.
0: There, there might be so a theme. Long.
2: Yeah. How long
1: yeah. does that last for? How long do you go on with the teaching aspect?
2: Um, I ended up actually only teaching for one year. Um, there's a lot that I miss about it, but I got into my first two months and um my car had been breaking down and I'd been paying a lot on repairs for my car. Um my rent was
1: studying to be a mechanic in undergrad oh you missed out yeah, that,
2: that wasn't one of my degrees. Um so I'm paying the mechanic to do all the fixes for me and then trying to afford my rent by myself and utilities and all that stuff that kind of hits when you're finally an adult and you have to pay for yourself. Um, my teacher's salary was not actually enough to cover all of my payments, and I realized that I could not make a career out of something that couldn't pay my bills so um, it was pretty shortly after I had started teaching that I actually started looking for different career options
1: and then what happened at that point? Where did you start to look? I mean, you only had forty five thousand options too right you, and curious, <laughs> when you walk in and apply to a job, do you just do they ask you which one you just say?
0: I don't know, all of them. I just, yeah. I
2: just she's a just different resume going.
0: for each job she's applying to based on her
2: I do, I do. Expertise. I modified. Just a
0: different <laughs> outfit, you walk in and you do, yeah. you do.
2: If I'm applying for a marketing job or a finance job, I just fit the role. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So this was actually a fun story. Um, so when I decided that, well, teaching isn't going to work out because it's just not financially feasible. Um, and I was thinking about my four different majors and which one I could make the most money off of. Um, math majors seemed like a pretty easy one to target. So I went on Google and I type in the Google search bar, best career for math majors. And An actuary popped up, and I was like, huh, well, if that's the best career for math majors, then that's what I'm going to do. I don't know what an actuary is, I don't know what they do, but that's what I'm going to (laughs) be. And um, so I found out shortly after that that to be an actuary, you have to take a series of certification exams. And to get a job, as in um, like your introductory job, you have to have passed at least one exam. So while I was teaching full time, I signed up for my first actuarial exam, studied for about three weeks, took the exam, passed by the skin of my teeth, and started applying for jobs immediately after that. Um, and then I got hired as an actuarial analyst down in Cincinnati, Ohio, the week after I finished teaching. So it's a quick transition.
0: <laughs> so we have five degrees and an actuary certification. So we're at six Levels of six different expertise categories. So for... Uh,
2: I wouldn't call it a certification, but I did pass two exams. Eight.
0: On this podcast, <laughs> it, counts. it counts. It counts. So for us laymen, mostly me and Josh, can you explain what an actuary does?
2: Yeah. Um, so I compare actuaries as kind of being the counterpart to an accountant um, so accountants look at historical numbers, your balance sheet, your income statement, tracking finances that have happened in the past. Um, actuaries are future looking. So we're more focused on projections and risk and determining, what the likelihood of certain payouts are going to be in the future. And then how do you manage and control that risk? So it's more future looking, but in a similar capacity as an accountant.
1: So how long do you spend as an actuary? And then when does the thought of going back and getting uh, yet another degree to add to the tool belt come to mind?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a good tie in, actually. Um, so... The actuarial exams are awful. They're like one of the worst things you could do to yourself. Um, each exam takes probably 300 to 400 hours of studying to pass the exam. So, <laughs> so I got through two exams. On my third exam, I was like, you know what? This just kind of sucks. And But I was still wanting to move into higher level positions in work. I um, hope oh, we lost Andrew. <laughs> Um, so I was trying to move into higher level positions at work, trying to, um, y- you know, become more management level. And if I wasn't going to do the actuarial exams, I was like, OK, what's another option? Oh, I could go get my MBA. Um, so that's kind of how the MBA tied in was. I know I don't want to go this pure financial actuarial route, but I still want to get to that level with my career. And so that's where um I started looking into the MBA programs.
0: So did you have support at your job to go back and get the MBA or was it more of an intrinsic drive? Kind of how did that look? And then how did you decide upon a weekend MBA versus a full-time MBA?
2: Um, Well, I was far enough along with my career at that point to understand that tuition is expensive and it's worse when you're not working. Um, So I wanted to be able to keep my full-time job, but still go back for the degree. Um, My company did support me. They paid about $10,000 a year was the deal that they have. Um, But they didn't really have a great system for once you get your MBA, how does that change your role And that should really be the idea is that you've gone after this degree to move into a higher level position to become something bigger at the company, and they didn't have a great tracking for that. So they did provide some financial support, but not a lot of the career support that I think should go along with it.
1: So what made you decide uh, on Ross and do you evaluate any other programs or any full-time programs and you're considering going back and getting your MBA?
2: Yeah, so the, the main reason I picked Ross really um, was because it was down the road from where I worked by about 45 minutes. So it allowed me to keep my full-time job, still live where I was living, um, but then pursue a degree that would be um, have that in-person component rather than just being an online program. So that was really big for me was being able to actually have FaceTime with professors to work with my classmates in person. Um, to have that experience. And Ross, I think, is one of the few schools that really has a program set up like that. So um, it's a pretty unique program. Um, It was actually the, I mean, it was the only school I really considered. I looked at what some other schools offered, um, but it was the only one that really made sense for my situation.
0: So you're back in the weekend MBA, um, you know, how was it different from all your other degrees? First impression, you're there for the first weekend, kind of what was going through your head?
2: Um, I think the student demographic was the biggest difference um, because you have a lot of people who have professional experience, who take themselves very seriously, who take their work very seriously, um, who are very dedicated to their career and where they're going and trying to drive change in business. Um, and that was not something that I really had in my other programs. It was just a different demographic.
1: So as you reflect back on your on your two years in the program, you know, what sticks out as the most significant high and what sticks out as one of the lower points throughout the program?
2: Um, well, so my most significant high is a little bit unique.
1: Being in a group um, with me? Huh? Being in a group with me, you said? <laughs> Is that
2: what I heard? That was a great experience. Josh and I had a good time.
0: <laughs> um, I don't have FOMO or anything right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, so um, so I had worked with Professor Branch on, on a study abroad opportunity through the program. Um, and I think me and Daria were the only two that um, were given that opportunity with the part-time MBA Um, I would say that was the highlight of my entire experience. Um, And I do hope it's something that they expand for our program just because it was such a valuable experience. Um, But being able to live abroad, study at another university, have exposure to students who come from different MBA programs and really have that crossover of what our program is doing, what their program is doing, the differences. Um, and the good and bad of both of those and getting that different perspective and also having much more, um, much more perspective on the global business world and what's happening globally with MBAs and with business. Um, so that was really the, the highlight of my entire experience at Ross was being able to do that.
1: What about Um, anything that, that sticks out that, uh, wasn't quite as high?
2: I think, I don't know if there was like a low point. Um, Something that I kind of wanted more out of the program was, um, I would say, FaceTime with what I considered some of the best classes that we had. And I think we didn't get that with certain classes. Um, The global economics is one that comes to mind that I thought was an extremely valuable class. I love the professor. I love what we got out of it. I just don't think we had enough in-person time, enough time with that course and that material to really dig into it the way that I wanted to. Um, so that was a little bit of a low, was really just wanting a bit more out of the program and falling short a little bit on um, some of those classes. So one question that I wanted
0: to ask was, didn't you also start your own business during our our two years at Ross?
2: <laughs> I did. Um I- yeah. So,
0: please share with the class what what it is.
2: Um, so, I started my own web development company, um, and technically, still have the company. I'm still doing a few projects on the side along with my new full time job. Um, but it's Life Soul Digital Solutions, um, and at this point, it's sort of my sandbox that I get to play in and try out my different business ideas and kind of keep my mind fresh on um, the different innovations and things that are happening in business and play around with it and try to see where it goes. Um, but so I'm working mostly on website projects and building out websites and, um, helping clients with their marketing and with their brand and online presence, things like that.
1: And outside of that, what are your goals for the foreseeable future? Like, what do you want to be doing over the next, you know, two to three years?
2: Oh, I have too many goals. Um, I'm not really sure (laughs) where they're all going to have.
0: You can never have too many. Too many. So,
2: yeah. Um, Well, so I am continuing with um, full-time work because it pays the bills and it pays the student loans. Um, But in addition to that, um, I'm wanting to see what I'm able to build out with my business that I'm doing. Um, I wanted to start looking more into nonprofits in my city. Um, and looking into potentially starting one or helping grow one. Um, I have an idea for a coffee shop that I'd like to do in Grand Rapids and write a novel and a few different things. So we'll see what, what ends up, you know, turning out. <laughs>
0: We absolutely love entrepreneurship on this podcast, so we are in full support of all of those <laughs> ideas. And if there's any way we can help, like if we want to be, if you want us to be the subjects of your novel, I mean, we'd gladly well, do okay. that. yeah. Um, we're I'm good at brainstorming, nice uh, th- things like that. We're, we're at your disposal. So, uh, so what is the new full-time job that you're doing currently?
2: Um, so I got hired by a company called Hub International, um, and they do um, insurance consulting, and they have three different parts of their business. They have um, commercial insurance, which is kind of like your property and casualty. They have personal lines, which is insurance they sell to individuals, um, and then employee benefits is the side that I work on. Um, so I it's mostly, Human resources consulting is how I would describe it, but working with HR departments and senior-level people at different companies on developing their employee benefit packages, managing their like medical, dental, vision, um, different plans that they share for their employees. So, um, so right now the job that I got is actually as the head of the accounts. Um, so the work is similar to what I used to be doing, but now I'm managing the accounts and running everything from a high level, which, um, I definitely think is making use of my MBA. So I appreciate that.
0: And so far so good. Are you enjoying it?
2: Yeah, so far so good. Um, I've gotten a few side projects from our CEO, so we'll see if any of those take off. She's actually talking to me about a different financial position within the company, so, We'll see. Um, The one thing I really like about the company I'm at is they have a very young leadership um, team and they're very open to new ideas and trying new things and getting people into roles that make sense and elevating people in leadership when it makes sense. So a lot of opportunity, a lot of room for growth. And so I think I'm in a good spot with them.
1: Well, Catherine, that's awesome. It all sounds super exciting. Um, And your story up to this point has been nothing but uh, extraordinary with accomplishments. So I know Andrew and I, and I'm sure all our classmates are going to be rooting for you moving forward. Do you have any final words that you want to pass off to uh, our classmates or Patty or John Branch or maybe Bill Gates who's listening?
0: Yeah, Yeah, Patty, my Venmo is AMS24, still waiting for this week's advertising payment. Again, AMS24. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Um, I think the main thing I would say is just thank you to everyone for the experience with Ross. Um, I think we had an incredibly unique class. And being able to get to know everyone in our class and work together and grow together Um, that was, it's been a huge part of my life. And I really appreciate um, everybody being there through that program and going through that with me. Um, And Patty, obviously, for everything that she did for all of us. And, you know, she's the all-star of this program. So definitely appreciate everything that she did there. Um, And yeah, John Branch, I mean, I would consider what he did for me life-changing, making that opportunity when it didn't look like there was one. So Definitely appreciate everyone.
0: We definitely had a, a very unique cohort and created lifelong friendships that will hold near and dear to our hearts for the rest of our lives. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this question. Do you have any endeavors to go back to school for yet another degree? Maybe a doctorate?
2: <laughs> I have actually been considering a Ph.D., but... <laughs> um, But it's going to be when the time is right. Um, And it's similar when I went back for my MBA. I never thought I'd go back to school. And then a few years out of my first master's, I was like, you know, I really miss it. And I want to do something else. Um, So we'll see. That might happen with the PhD in a few years. But no plans yet.
0: (laughs) Well, that sounds like a definitive yes to me. So we'll (laughs) end on that note. Thank you again for taking the time to meet with us tonight. We had an absolute blast talking to you getting to know you even better and we will finish as we always do with a go blue
1: go blue